0: Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. we might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger.
1: Hello and welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. That's right, folks. It's not Roger Franklin Williams. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. Roger's taken a few days off and gave me the honor and the privilege to do his show. And I said, heck yeah, I'll do that. So I want to thank Roger for that, and I want to thank you folks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Yes, uh, the American Adversaries Radio Show. Of course, we're on the same radio stations here. We're live every Sunday through Friday, and that's live at 5 in the afternoon. But I'm not here to talk about my show. I'm here to do Roger's show, and Roger does a great show. And, uh, well, this uh, this uh, weekend uh, set up, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, what am I going to do the show about? And you know that's sort of the poetry of talk radio the uh, The subject matter just kind of presents itself and so today in uh in In lieu of Roger, I know he likes to uh, really delve into sort of the Constitution and things like that. That's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the Second Amendment and the purpose of the Second Amendment, because it seems to be purposely obstructed by the obstructionists, the so-called resistors. And it seems to be lost sometimes by people on the right who are making arguments for the second amendment so we're going to talk about that today we're going to go back and uh, review what the founders intended and uh and actually you know review some of the federalist papers and uh Because there was much written about this in uh, the day, in the period, and documents like the Federalist Papers and other things of that nature. But first of all, let's do go over the events uh, that happened this past weekend. Of course, you had the terrible shootings in... El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. And prior to that, you had a shooting at the Garlic Festival just south of San Francisco. And there were many people killed in each incident. And they were all perpetuated by pretty much the same profile perpetrator. And these were young men, and they were loners, and they were individuals who had felt left out of society in one way or another. And one of course left an extensive extensive document he called his manifesto where he ranted and raged uh, about a lot of things and we'll touch on that in a little bit here in a moment and uh, but to get back to the perpetrators uh, each of these perpetrators also used the so-called ar style assault weapon, and they also had multiple round magazines and were shooting semi-automatic weapons. So uh, these were very powerful weapons indeed, and uh, they are capable of killing people with one round, and uh, certainly if you hit anywhere in the torso or neck or head. So it's a situation where, obviously, they were trying to create as much uh, pain and suffering as possible and it is because they are suffering they are they 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 in their mind they rationalize this because they are suffering they're going to make other people suffer too and this is what hatred and ignorance drives you to and as the president said in some quite appropriate remarks on monday morning uh, hatred devours the soul I, I that that's i mean that that's just quite perfect because that's exactly what happens Hatred eats you up from inside a little bit, a little bit at a time, but it devours your soul to where you become soulless. And when you're soulless, you have no remnants of any kind of conscience or uh, moral uh, fiber or anything of the sort. And so you're capable of doing the most heinous of acts. And we see it not just in this sort of insanity here, but, of course, you see it in, in wartime. We see it presently in the uh, Islamic extremism, where they are driven by their own brand of hatred. It has devoured their souls to where they are soulless murderers and rapists, and uh, they legitimize it because of their hate. You know, your hate, your own personal hate is always okay because you have a good reason for it. Take, for instance, the Democrats. They hate the Dickens out of Donald Trump. But in their minds, they have legitimized it. It's, it's okay. He's hateable. And they'll list all the reasons why he's hateable. And they'll use this instance right here. If, if we were to ask them to, this any time this week, why do you hate Donald Trump? Oh, El Paso, and, and uh, did you hear he said Toledo, but it was Dayton. So, oh, yes, they have a legitimate reason to hate. But nonetheless, they hate. And hate Devours the soul it is blind hate is blind Deaf and dumb, but it consumes doesn't care who you are Doesn't care what walk of life you come from It doesn't care what philosophy or religion you hold to if you hold to it It will consume you And once consumed You become numb To the things that make us human beings, the things that we would like to think make us human beings. So be careful of hate. Whatever the reason, was it somebody that dumped you? Was it someone that stole something from you? Was it someone that murdered someone in your family? Don't let the hate consume you. It will devour your soul, and you will not be better for it. You will be worse. This is the whole idea of forgiveness. Forgiveness is primarily for those who grant it, not for those at all who are it is granted to. We, because we can't forgive sin. We can forgive our hatred of it by forgiving the perpetrator. But it's up to God. It's up to the creator to take care of business on the other end. So we're not absolving anybody that we forgive of any sort of guilt or responsibility for their act. We're just resolving them of our you know, propensity to hate. We're not going to deal with that because we do not want our soul to be devoured. Yeah, but in this political atmosphere, <laughs> there's a lot of souls getting devoured because there's a lot of hating going on. And it's not necessary. We can have lively-spirited debate, but when one side will not do that, then it results in hate. You can either hate or you can debate. The Democrats would rather condemn debate, not allow debate, uh, discredit any sort of uh, criticism or disagreement with them, They make everything such a crisis that if you do not fall in line with them, then you are somehow responsible, uh, in part at least, for the problem. Speaking of problems, if you just tuned in to expect to find Roger Franklin Williams here today, you're going, who is that guy? I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries radio show, and Roger asked me to sit in for him today so he could take a few days off, and I consider it an honor and a privilege. And I, of course, would consider it an honor and a privilege if you would continue to listen. Uh, This uh, situation, as I said, that happened this past weekend, these boys were full of hate. It had devoured their souls. Uh, in this day of uh, the internet, and not only can they uh, find uh, like-mind or like-philosophy like, uh, like philosophy on, on the internet, it's fairly easy to do, you can find just about anything on there, they also uh, can leave treatises or footprints so that we can have a little bit of insight into what they were thinking, and in both cases, uh, and I'm referring to now the situation in uh, in uh, Dayton and El Paso. Both of these young men had specific hate-filled political feelings. And in, in the case of the shooter in Toledo, I'm sorry, did I make the same mistake? In Dayton, the shooter in Dayton, that he was a uh, Elizabeth Warren supporter. Not Donald Trump, Elizabeth Warren. He was also a, quote, called himself a progressive. He was a socialist. He was the epitome of what the squad wants us all to be. Now, of course, they have their own brand of hatred, and it's legitimate in their minds because it's toward Donald Trump and his supporters. But that's, you know, as I said, everybody's own brand of hate is okay because they've all got their own good reason for it. But nonetheless, it devours this, their souls. So don't go there. But they, they, you know, they got their own brand of hate toward Donald Trump, and so this guy was acting out his own brand of hate. And I'm not blaming it on any any. I'm not blaming this on the squad. Don't get don't get me wrong about that. This this guy perpetrated this. But this this is what hate does. This is this is the point. Hate makes people do hateful things. And the squad's doing their own hateful things and their rhetoric and their thumb and their nose and and and, and 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 giving us the finger. So that's that's their that's how they, they acted out. It's a safer form of acting out, but it's still acting out hatred. And then you have the uh uh the shooter in El Paso and now his screed or manifesto whatever you want to call it was pretty extensive and he was all over the place but one several things he makes very clear in there is that his feelings he had prior to Donald Trump running for president has nothing to do with Donald Trump he's not a Donald Trump supporter he blamed both the Democrats and the Republicans for what he, his particular gripe is. And in this particular case, it had to do with runaway immigration. And they're not doing enough to save the environment. This guy was an Al Gore follower. He had all the rhetoric of save the environment, not doing enough, uh, technology, industry, all of this is killing the world. And as a matter of fact, he entitled it, his uh, screed, uh, An Inconvenient Truth, which, of course, is the title of Al Gore's book. And this guy knows that. Now, am I saying Al Gore caused this guy to do this? No. No. What I'm saying is it's damn foolish for anybody to be blaming the president of the United States or any news network or outlet or any individuals other than the individuals that perpetrated this or who may they may have been contacting on the Internet who might have been goading them on. And, and, and at this point, I don't have any evidence that that was happening. Now, having said that, certainly the Internet facilitates that sort of thing. And that certainly needs to be looked into. Maybe instead of banning guns, we should ban Facebook. I think we'd be a whole lot better off doing that. Now, when we come back, I want to talk about these proposals and what the Democrats want to try to do, as they always try to do, with events like this. Once again, you are listening to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. I am Christopher Hart, sitting in for him. And don't forget, his great sponsors, including Thompson Jewelers, family-owned and operated since 1947 right here in central Florida. They have locations in Kissimmee-St. Cloud area. That's at the Hobby Lobby on 192. And, of course, at the Colonial Place. Plaza, right there on East Colonial Drive. We'll be right back.
0: And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams.
1: Welcome back to the Roger Foot Show. I am Christopher Hart of the American Advertisement. Adversaries radio show sitting in for Roger today. And, of course, Roger's show is brought to you by Thompson Jewelers, which is family-owned and operated right here in Central Florida since 1947. That's right, folks, the longest jeweler, owner, and operator here in Central Florida. They have two locations. They are in the Kissimmee-St. Cloud area, down there in the Hobby Lobby Plaza on 192. And, of course, they are in the Colonial Plaza area right there on East Colonial Drive and Bumby Avenue. Please be sure you to stop in, Thompson Jewelers, and tell them you heard about it on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Okay. As I said, I am Christopher Hart sitting in for Roger today, and as I said, when Roger asked me to do this last week, I didn't really know what uh, topics to have, and, and I didn't, uh, wasn't able to line up a guest in time, so I was wondering what the topic uh, would be, and of course, that, as I said earlier, that's sort of the beauty of the poetry of talk radio, subject matter, kind of materializes in front of you and you just have to go with it. And so, the subject matter today is the Second Amendment, and of course the setup is what happened this past weekend in both Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas, and of course you can include the Garlic Festival and a lot of other incidents because the same thing always happens post uh, tragic event, and that is the the calls uh, of blame and uh, hatred, and uh, solutions uh, are are you know far and wide. And uh, many of the solutions have to do with doing away with the Second Amendment, or at least uh, making it uh, basically toothless. And there's a specific purpose for the Second Amendment, and we'll get to that. But uh, first of all, let's uh, let's, let's review again uh, the past. I uh, don't want to go into the details of the shootings, but let's review what has happened post-shooting. Of course, as I said, the blame game begins, and uh, the Democrats in particular are always seek to get the uh, edge politically speaking and uh, no sooner than the news had broken that these uh, events had happened that the the Democrats were all over it and of course uh, you have a presidential campaign that's just beginning to warm up and all of the Democrats are scurrying around and there are so many of them that they are all scurrying around one another trying to outdo one another as to their condemnation of the president and particular, and their new evil boogeyman, boogeymen, and that would be white supremacist, white supremacist terrorist racism. And this is, you know, this is the nature of politics. If you listen to my radio show, the reason we call it the American adversaries radio show is because we have an adversarial form of government, and that's what sets us apart uh, from all other forms of government. And we'll get to that also when we get to the Second Amendment, but. Uh, The purpose, as I said, of uh, an adversarial form of government is to nonetheless govern. And the Democrats uh, simply try to get the political edge because they're not interested in any sort of bipartisan government. They are simply interested in liberal, their form of liberal government. And uh, they just put up with Republicans. They put up with conservatives because they know if they just get a little bit here and a little bit there and a a little bit later on that eventually conservatives won't matter anymore because they'll be toothless and voiceless. And that's what they want them to be. They do not want a true vigorous debate because they don't want to have to deal with facts. I mean, how many times have you been talking to a liberal and you introduce a fact and they basically shut you down because they don't want to hear the facts? You know, they've 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 become very comfortable in their own brand of hatred. It's consuming their souls and they're very comfortable with it. It's it's sad, but that's the way it is. And it, it happens on both sides of the aisle. You know we try to discourage that, but it happens. But it is sort of the nature of human human beings. But to get back to the point. So the Democrats are always trying to get that political edge. And certainly they see in this because you had back to back shootings. And at least in one case, they can manipulate the truth because there's a a, a grain of it there that that fits their motif, their their M.O. of the the ideal uh, boogeyman, the ideal uh, terrorist that they can use to batter uh, Republicans into submission on gun control and other things. And the so I said, as I said, there was enough there that the the media and the Democrats think they got it this time. And, of course, you also have problems going on at the NRA. This is a very interopportune time for the NRA for something like this to happen, because usually they would rise to the occasion and make a good, sound argument for the Second Amendment, Uh, even though I would say their argument was always a bit lacking. And I'll get to the reason why here in just a few minutes but uh, back to the democrats as i said they they everything from first of all you had even the new york post which is you know supposedly the more conservative of the, the, the papers up there i know everybody considers it more of a tabloid but it it is the more conservative of the, the two big newspapers between the post and the times the post uh, started this week off with headlines first it was ban assault weapons and then they changed that to ban weapons of war And that flies directly into the face of the Second Amendment. So I'll get to that here in just a minute, getting closer and closer. But they also, of course, they want to ban these uh, multiple round magazines. Uh, And by the way, uh, the kid in Dayton, Ohio, uh, Ohio has already banned those, and he had them anyway. And if you say, well, if we ban them all across the country, well, then, well, okay, you're going to have to ban them all the way around the world. But even if you do that, the perpetrators of crimes will make their own. They're not going to go without. It is stupid. It is absolutely ridiculous to think that bad people won't do bad things if simply if you take guns away. We know that that's not the case. You had the bombers up there in Boston. You Remember the Boston bombers? Of course, you have all these suicide bombers all over the world. You had uh, the uh, the guy that w- that worked at a, I believe it was a meat packing place uh, in the Midwest there, who came in and and cut off a woman's or tried to cut off a woman's head with a knife. Islamic terrorism, and even more recent than that, and that was several years ago. More recent than that, just just weeks ago, you had some lunatic in Japan set a fire in a place and trap people inside in order to kill them and burn them to death. Huh. You're going to take people's matches away? You're going to take magnifying glasses away? You're going to take anything away that, that can spark a flame? This is It's just lunacy to think that if you take guns away, bad people won't do bad things. It's just, it, it, it's childish. It's immature to think that. Now, Uh, To go on. As I said, I am Christopher Hart sitting in today for Roger Franklin Williams. Uh, He gave me the honor and the privilege of doing so. I I hope uh, (laughs) he won't regret it. But the, the, the point, as I'm trying to make here, is that the solutions that the Democrats offer are based on their goal of trying to eliminate particular guns now and then the rest later or at least reduce them down to where all you have is ineffective to do anything useful. Except maybe hang it on the wall and look at it and go, how, man, I long for the day. I long for the day. Let's just look right here in Florida, for instance. You have, prior to this event happening, and now I'm sure they are reinvigorated this week, you know they are they got what they want they got the, they got the the issue they they got the the incident and now they can go out there and get the signatures to get an amendment to ban so-called assault weapons in florida on the ballot for next year the presidential ballot and with this this incident and of course the media support i wouldn't be surprised if they get it now the state attorney general uh Ashley Moody is fighting this in court and rightfully so because it is very confusing. And by the way, the amendment would ban all semi-automatic long guns. That would be rifles and shotguns that could utilize a clip. And that's pretty much all of them on the market right now. You make it buy a, uh, a 22 that you could uh, load some rounds into the barrel, kind of like an old BB gun style. You may be able to find some of those on the market now. But most all of your semi-automatic weapons that are rifles use clips. And, of course, uh, many shotguns, the pump shotguns, uh, use clips as well. And their argument is, well, why do you need a bunch of clips? Why do you need all these rounds if you're going to go hunting or just protect yourself? Now, as far as the protect yourself goes, Purdue University, you you know, the Boilermakers, Purdue University recently did a study and found that, in fact, people who protect themselves with semi-automatic weapons that use clips with multiple rounds, in particular the AR-15 style and it is simply a style, that's all it is, that uh, they are better able and, ha- and, in fact, do better protect themselves and their families because they have more rounds to protect themselves. They're not sharpshooters, and they're scared usually when they're confronting somebody who's trying to kill or assault them or rob them, and so they kind of spray it around but they get the job done. Of course, the media would never tell you that. Because it doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit what what we call the scripted storyline. And if it doesn't fit the scripted storyline, they're not going to run with it. Because they're just a bunch of announcers, like in professional wrestling, where they're trying to describe who's the good guys and the bad guys to make sure we follow their good guys and don't follow their bad guys. That's all they are. They're, They're chumps. They don't care about the facts. But they do hate. They do that and of course it is devouring or has already devoured their souls so this this situation where the democrats blame it all on trump and everything and all the divisiveness in the nation is all trump's fault and all his his rhetoric and everything look it takes two to be divisive they don't have to they don't have to hate him they don't have to hate him at all Matter of fact, well, you just, why hate him? Why bother hating him? Other than that, of course, it fulfills their political objective, and that is to raise a lot of money and get a lot of votes. And that's all they care about. And they don't care who they hurt in the process or who gets hurt in the process. All right. Well, we're going to take another break. When we come back. We're going to talk about the Second Amendment and the arguments for it or against it and where they all kind of missed the point. So we're going to hit on the point today. Once again, you are listening to the Roger Franklin Williams show. Roger will be back next week. He decided to take a few days off and gave me the honor and the privilege of doing his show for him. And I really do appreciate that. And don't forget, please, Roger's show is sponsored by Thompson Jewelers, family owned and operated since 1947. You don't find that too much, ladies and gentlemen, anymore. And they get great deals over there. So please check them out and tell them Roger sent you. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. And this is my turn. <laughs>
1: Okay, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show, sitting in for Roger today and once again, he'll be back next week. Just decided to take a few days off. Uh, Once again, we're talking about the Second Amendment and uh, I know I've been leading up to it the first half of the show, but I wanted to lay the groundwork for what's going on, what happened, what's been going on, why it goes on. As I said, this is the same thing that happens every time. There is an incident like this, like when we had the Pulse shooting right here in Orlando. So... Uh, I don't want to go through everything we've talked about already, but let's look at these arguments uh, to do away with the Second Amendment. As I said, it's it's just frivolous and, and foolish to think that if you do away with the Second Amendment and take everyone's guns away, that uh, bad people will not be bad people anymore. They'll just find another way uh, to d- commit their heinous acts. And they'll be just as horrible, just as horrific, as I said, this guy over in Japan blocks some people in a building, set the place on fire, and burned them to death. So it it's, you know, if people want to be hateful and do hateful things, Boston bombers is another example. So uh, that that whole argument is is for a different time. I want to focus once again on the Second Amendment and why we have it. Because it says right in the amendment why we have it, and yet everyone, it seems to be lost on everyone. For instance, people say, well, why, let's go ahead and ban assault weapons. As I said, this, this ban here in Florida now would ban all semi-automatic weapons that use clips. And it doesn't matter how many rounds the clips hold. They, they, they're not just banning uh, these large multiple round clips. They're banning any clip capable weapon of being sold here in Florida. And as I said, this this is as far as that goes, they still are going to want to go further. They'll come back again for another hunk the next time something happens. Because guess what? There's still going to be mass shootings, even with these bands in place because they happened before. And they'll happen again. OK, so let's get back to it. So they want to ban any kind of assault style weapon here in Florida. And the argument is and this is the same argument as nationwide and any any state. And that is that you don't need these type of weapons to hunt and you don't need these type of weapons to protect yourself. Now, as I said, the Purdue study aside, let's presume for a moment that they're Right. But guess what? That is not why we have the Second Amendment. We do not have the Second Amendment. It doesn't say in the Second Amendment, in order to protect yourself, your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It does not say in the Second Amendment, in order to feed your family or to, to you know, sport hunt, your, your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. No, here's what it actually says. It says, and I quote, A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And for some reason they capitalized militia and they capitalized arms. Let me read it again. A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Where does it say in order to protect yourself in order to, or in order to hunt? It's not even mentioned in there. What's mentioned in there is a well-regulated mission, militia is necessary for the protection of our state. Now, what does that mean? What are they saying when they're saying well-regulated militia, for instance? Are they talking about people who can march and step and wear the same uniforms and and have insignia and rank and all of that? No, that is not what they are talking about. If we were to write this in today's language, we would say a well-armed militia being necessary for the protection of a free state. How are you going to protect a free state with a double-barrel shotgun? Or a single barrel shotgun, or maybe you might could do a little damage with a lever, a lever, lever, lever action Winchester, or some such weapon. Where at least in Florida, but once again, as I said, they're going to come after the rest of them once they get these. If they get these so called assault weapons, because the argument will hold true for any long rifle. You know, if you're going to, you have to get special permits to get a rifle to hunt with. Because then you'll have to prove that you're going to actually go out and hunt with it. And if you're not, they're probably going to want to get it back from you. Because why else would you need it? Once again, this is not the reason for the Second Amendment. It's telling us that we have to be prepared to protect our freedom. And in the Federalist Papers, and I'll read a little bit here in a moment, it quite clearly states that that means from both foreign and domestic... Threats, foreign and domestic threats. Now, here's the truth of the matter, ladies and gentlemen. The only thing, and I do mean the only thing, standing between the freedoms enjoyed in the United States in particular, but worldwide in general, the only thing standing between our freedoms and tyranny consuming the world again, is the armed American citizen. Not our military, armed American citizens. Our military functions as an arm of our government and actually can be used and has been in history against the citizenry. I know this is our sons and our fathers and our brothers and sisters and mothers and everything, daughters, who serve in the military, but they serve as an arm of the government. And though many of them would not turn on the citizenry, enough of them would. History has proven that out. I am sad to say, because the reasoning is always good. Remember, everybody has their own good reason to hate And when everybody agrees on that good reason to hate, look out, because nothing will stand in its way unless you have an armed citizenry. That's the purpose of the Second Amendment. It is to protect our freedoms and the freedoms that have rippled out around the world as a result of our freedom. Because if our freedom collapses, those ripples go the other way. They go the other way immediately. So it is up to the armed American citizen to protect the world by protecting our government. Let me read you something here. This is uh, from Hamilton, and he was writing in the Federalist 29, he says, uh, he's writing of any oppressive force, this would be foreign or domestic, he says, and I quote, that army can never be formidable to the liberties of the people while there is a large body of citizens, little if at all inferior to them in discipline and the use of arms who stand ready to defend their rights and those of their fellow citizens. In other words, what they're saying is an army can never... Take the liberties of the people while, and I'll read again, while there is a large body of citizens, little if at all inferior to them in discipline and the use of arms, who would stand ready to defend their rights and those of their fellow citizens. He says, "The, the purpose, once again, is to protect ourselves. And you have to be prepared to protect yourself against even your own army. That's what he's saying here. And you can't do that with handguns. You can't do that with shotguns. Right? You have to have the style of weapons that we market and sell today. That's the reality of the situation. Now, if you say, well, that still ain't worth it. And still going to have to get rid of those assault weapons. When you get rid of the Second Amendment, well, then the rest of the Constitution won't be long before, before it'll fall behind it. Because once again, the bad guys will continue to do bad things. And so the government will have to continue to get more oppressive in order to stop bad guys from doing bad things, because that's what you want, isn't it? That's what everyone wants, right? We want the bad guys to stop doing bad things. You, you, had, uh, you had the governor of Ohio showed up at the vigil for the Dayton shooting the, the, that night of the vigil, which was the, actually the evening, because it happened early so early that morning, and you had, you had people chanting, do something, do something, do something. Huh. Okay? That's, that's always the chant of the ignorant from the government. Do something. Take rights away. Take something away from us. Just stop the pain and agony. As though that is possible. It is impossible. As I say, these, these cries are immature, unfounded, and ignorant. And these people aren't working from a rational place. But there's a lot of irrationality going around. And that's where the perpetrators were. Doesn't mean everybody who's irrational is going to do anything like that. It just means that it doesn't do anybody any good to be that way. But a lot of people are. So once again, the point of the Second Amendment is so that we can protect the Constitution and all the other amendments. It's not so we can protect ourselves. Now that's that's a good that's a good. Sort of side effect. That's sort of icing on the cake. As a matter of fact, the founders also in the Federalist Papers, and they debated this pretty extensively. As you can see, that the the importance of the Second Amendment kind of went this way. First, it is to protect us from foreign aggression. Second, it is per, to protect us from our own government's aggression. Third, it is to protect us from criminal aggression. And finally, it is to enable us to hunt. That is the order in which they saw the importance of the Second Amendment, which is why they didn't even bother to mention the last two. As I said, the purpose is to protect the free state, and it requires the people to do that. The army is incapable. The military is incapable because they are an arm of the government. And I think, if anything, we have seen over these past few years that the deep state is so very deep that they certainly would co-opt our military. All right, so we're going to have to take another break. Once again, you are listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I am Christopher Hart, sitting in for Roger today. He'll be back next week. And once again, this show is sponsored by Thompson Jewelers, a longtime sponsor of Roger's. And Thompson Jewelers, of course, located in the Hobby Lobby Plaza on 192 in the Kissimmee-St. Cloud area, and in the Colonial Plaza right there at East Colonial Drive and Bumby Avenue. Great deals all the time, family-owned and operated. And please, when you go in there... Thank them for sponsoring Roger's show. Without sponsors like Thompson Jewelers, there's no way that we could do what we do on radio. Once again, uh, when we come back, uh, we'll close it out and, uh, and 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 I'll just sort of follow up on what we've been talking about today. But thanks for tuning in to the Roger Franklin Williams Show.
0: Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin-Williams.
1: Okay, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. I am Christopher Hart. I've been sitting in for Roger today. Once again, it's been a great honor and privilege to do so. Roger will be back next week. He decided to take a few days off. Well deserved. And he is a great fellow and a great radio presence here in Central Florida, and we're so honored to have him as part of the Salem Media Group here. And Roger also does a great radio show, of course, and uh, he does the sports action and uh, for the Apopka Blue Darters, along with Joe Ferraro, really enjoy listening to those guys. They really do a great job, make the game very exciting, and bring it right to you, just like you are there. And, of course, uh, thank you for being there today, listening to the show. I appreciate that. And uh, don't forget, Roger's Show is sponsored by Thompson Jewelers. And, once again, they're located in the Colonial Plaza right there at East Colonial Drive and Bumby Avenue, longtime presence in Central Florida since 1947, as a matter of fact. Family owned and operated the longest jeweler here in Central Florida that meets that uh, criteria and of course they're located now also down in the Kissimmee St. Cloud area at the Hobby Lobby Plaza right there on 192 so please stop in and of course you'll get the best deal the great deals right there at Thompson Jewelers and please tell them you heard all about it on Roger Franklin Williams show as I said we've been talking about the Second Amendment and uh, the fallout and what happened this past weekend and even prior weekends, because it's always the same M.O. with the Democrats, do away with guns and you'll do away with gun violence and that sort of thing. And no, you'll still have gun violence. Only the bad guys will be the ones with the guns. And by the way, as I was saying, there was a great deal of writing and, and debate back in the the early days when they were the, writing the Constitution, putting it together, having the Constitution conventions and the Federalist Papers and other documents where there was a great deal of debate debate about should guns be allowed should they, should they not be outlawed even back then should they be taken away and there were a number of reasons why men should be allowed to still have their guns uh, everything from of course they needed to uh, hunt with them they needed to protect themselves with them they needed to protect the country with them and there was also even the argument it was by some philosopher uh, who said that uh, a guy by the name of Joel Barlow who said that to disarm men who had carried weapons all of their lives was to morally and emotionally emasculate them. Disarmament, he wrote, palsies the hand and brutalizes the mind and wrecks the human moral compass. Well, in a way, he's saying something even more profound, perhaps, than even he thought. Because if you take away our weapons, then the citizenry is emasculated. The citizenry is now ineffective in protecting itself or anyone else. And so you have a herd of cowards who now run in fear from everything because they can't protect themselves from anything. And of course, they, they, they look for protection in the authorities, but there's never enough authorities to protect everybody. And you wouldn't want them living in your house, which is the only way they could really effectively protect you all of the time as if you had a gun there of your own, well, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. So the guy's actually right, but but it's right in more ways than one. You would emasculate the population. You reduce the population to being subject to the bullies, subject to the criminals, even more so than they already are. And it's a situation where it is intolerable for most Americans. And they also made arguments such as, you know, this is the American frontiersman with a gun. Is is This is the American tradition type thing. But they also were quite keen to the argument, as I said, Hamilton was making. And that is that it is up to the American citizen, the so-called well-regulated militia, to prepare itself, to be prepared to protect our freedom from both foreign and domestic threats. They, they thought that it was that to have an arm, to, to be armed and be ready, even if you don't need to do it, especially if you don't need to do it, that was the sign of a good citizen. Because it takes these citizens to be the bulwark between our liberties and tyranny. So it's not enough to be a good citizen in their mind to simply go out and vote and and pay taxes and do all of that if you're not willing to protect those things. And the only way to protect those things is to arm yourself and be knowledgeable about your weapon. And they, they had great experience. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that the Minutemen... Had their own muskets and their own weapons, the revolution wouldn't have even started. Think about it. It was personal weapons, personal long guns, the assault weapon of the day, the most advanced weaponry of the day were in personal hands of the citizenry. And that is what resulted in the American Revolution. Remember the black-robed guys? The preachers who stood up in the pulpit and they said, "Eh, well, you know, we have the job to to guide our flock, and now we have the job to fight our fight. And they took off their robes, and they took up their their arms, and they went out, and they had a revolution. And here we are. Now, are we going to be the generation that begins to unwind that? There sure are a lot of people who are wanting to make that happen. And they sure press really hard when things like what this past weekend happened. Because that they know that the emotional level of the population is heightened. People are horrified by this. They're frightened by it. They don't want to see it. They don't want their kids to see it. They don't want mama to see it. They don't want dad to see it. They don't want it to happen. And so they are anxious for anything, any promise, any shiny object that looks like it'll solve it. That it won't happen anymore or at least they feel like they've done something and can breathe breathe a sigh that, you know, we tried, we did something. Regardless of whether it would work or not, whether it would be in violation of the intent of the Second Amendment or not. And, of course, you have the, the, the purient political goals of the left who they don't care about the incident. They just want to use it as political leverage, which is why they are... In their own, because I said they're caught up in their own hate. They're in their own little gleeful land when these instances happen, because they see it as an opportunity. Kind of like Rom Emanuel said, "Never let a crisis go to waste." They see in these crises political opportunities, and in a cold, you know, analytical sense, they're right. It is a political opportunity because much of politics is driven by emotion, which is why Democrats have been so successful through the years, because they certainly don't have any solutions. Just look at our inner cities. You know, that that conversation has now been dwarfed by this. But of course, it all ties together because of their hatred of Trump. You see, this, this all makes sense to them because they hate President Trump. And unfortunately, they hate his ardent supporters as well. As I said earlier, you know, they they, they lay all this blame of the divisiveness in the nation. And now a lot of them do recognize that it started before Trump. But then they'll go on and say, yeah, but he's made it a lot worse. No. The president is participating in some very rough and tumble political times. Yes, indeed. But the situation is led by the left. Now, if they want to do away with some of the divisiveness, divisiveness in the land... Why not drop the impeachment stuff? Why not apologize to the president and say, look, we have been in the wrong on this. Not because we didn't think maybe you still might have done something, but because you were right about one thing. It has divided the nation. It has brought us to a place where we are even now not wanting to be. Now, I'm not going to hold my breath but if they wanted to do something to heal the nation, if they really wanted to do something to heal the nation, that would be a big first step in order to do it. As I said, divisiveness is like tangoing. It takes two. It takes two people to be the divisive. And they have chosen to be divisive with the president. They have chosen even the label of resistance. They are proud of it. They, they wave it about. They hold it up in your face. And they let their own brand of hatred devour their souls. But the only way that can happen to us is if we buy into our own brand of hatred toward them and what they do. Can't do it. Can't do it. Got to pray for them. Got to love them regardless of their hate. And just hope that their their hearts and their minds will be opened to the true light and the true truth. And that before their soul is entirely devoured, and there's no hope left for them in this life anyway, that uh, they will come around. But the nature of politics is not to breed that sort of thing. And that doesn't mean that you know Nate, that the politics has to be as nasty as it sometimes is. It's not always, but it sometimes is. But it does mean that it is going to happen at least occasionally. And that's when we need to be at our most careful. And this is one of those times, and as I said, if the left wants a nation that is less divisive, they can make the first step. Real easy to do. The president has reached out in, in his own way multitudes of times. He's, he, he does it every day. But they, they just they slap his hand away, and then they find something to slap him upside the head with. And here we go again. Because he's going to play tough with them. And the situation, as I said, takes two to tango. And we got quite the tango going on right now, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of going on, I'm going to have to go on down the road because I'm just about out of time. Once again, I want to thank Roger, and I want to thank you folks for tuning in. I really do appreciate that. And I want to thank Thompson Jewelers for sponsoring Roger's shows and other sponsors like them, because without them, we couldn't do what we do, and we hope you appreciate what we do. Of course, Thompson Jewelers, family-owned and operated. And once again, when you go there, please tell them that you heard all about them on Roger Franklin Williams' show, and you. Want to thank him for sponsoring his show. All right. So, Roger will be back next week. Of course, I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries radio show. You can catch my show Monday through, I'm sorry, Sunday through Friday. And that is on a sister station here on the Salem Media Network. And, uh, well, that's just about going to wrap it up. By the way, our website is AmericanAdversaries.com. Once again, this has been the Roger Franklin Williams show. I hope I held up the mic uh, at least a little bit for Roger there because uh, once he gets back, of course, uh, he's going to be the man. In charge as he usually is. All right, and don't forget his great sports casting along with Joe Ferrero because you got the Popka Blue Darters season opening up here pretty soon. Great high school football action. All right, so once again, thank you, Roger. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you next time.